My name is Stephen Mansfield, and this is your 15. We have been talking about the battle of the mind, the battle zone of the mind, over the last two 15s that are in this triad. And uh, it's such an important topic. I've taken it very slowly. I've described the anatomy of the mind, so to speak, that it's a spiritual thing, and there are certain characteristics to it unique to each one of us. Uh, I spent most of the last time depressing everybody and telling everybody about the ways that uh, thoughts have been suggestions from the enemy in our old fleshly lives and impressions from this world and all of that kind of thing uh, create the, uh, the input that can move us to sin and unrighteousness and away from the image of Jesus. Um, the, the thing that uh, I want to talk to you now is about how to defeat these things. You, you can have voices in your head. You can have suggestions from your previous sinful life. You can have um, input and, and begin to feel and think things from stuff you see in the world, stuff you see in movies, reading books, hear people say, dirty jokes, etc. Uh, you can have impressions even from your own body. I think I'll just lay around and do nothing today and be lazy. I'll tell 50 lies to protect it. And now you're engaged in unrighteous activity because your flesh has gotten your mind uh, to do things that you, you should not have done. The question is, how do you shut all this stuff down? How do you shut all this stuff down? So let me go through a list of things that I think will help you. It's, it's not that everything's about a list and a performance list. It's just that sometimes, just like a pilot, you need a checklist to know how to fly. The first thing that I want you to understand, and this is so critical. It's hard for people to get, to get, but it's so critical. Your thoughts and your feelings are not automatically part of you. They are not natural, stapled to your soul, kinds of things. They are things that can come from the outside. They can be foreign. They can be uh, things suggested to you for your destruction. And what you have to do is begin to look at your thoughts and your feelings and almost as though you're a scientist looking at them in a microscope. I don't mean you study them by the hour. But if, if someone said to me now, now I admitted in the last 15 that I, I come from a very violent background. It was many decades ago, and I'm not, I'm not anyway like that now, but before I was a Christian, very violent man. And if, if uh, Andrew, our cameraman here, suddenly said, hey, well, now that we're done with these 15s, let's go out and beat up on some people. That is so foreign to me. That is so remote to my nature. That is so not a part of me. I would look at him as though he had spoken you know, Hebrew to me, I mean, like came from Mars, you know, like he was dancing around in a blue man group uniform. I mean, it, it's so completely foreign to me. And what, and what you have to do is begin to look at your thoughts and go, that's not part of me. See, some of you are battling depression. You battle depression because a thought comes, my mother doesn't love me, nobody's ever loved me, whatever, the, whatever it is, you know, I'm not good looking enough, I'll never, I'll never be able to fulfill whatever it is that I want to fulfill. I'll never marry Paul McCartney or whatever the thing is. And, and so as a result, negative feelings come in. And, and the, the, what we ought to do is go, I'm not called to marry Paul McCartney for heaven's sakes. I'm not, I'm not. And, and I'm, I am what God made me to be. He fashioned me in the womb. So, you know, I might be able to brush my hair differently or wear a few different clothes or something, lose a few pounds, but I am what God made me to be, and I'm beautiful. You, you see what I mean? You begin to look at the thoughts that come into your life, and you begin to say, that is not part of me. That's different. Now, let's judge it by the Word of God and see what we should do. I, I, even though I was a very violent person in my previous life, I now have a reputation. Somebody will get right in my face, be in a restaurant, somebody gets drunk, he's right up in my face. What's my response? I've learned those scriptures that talk about walking in the opposite spirit, 
turning the other cheek, uh, a kind word turns away wrath. I had to memorize all those scriptures just to survive as a Christian. And now I'm, I'm known as the guy that, man, if somebody's acting up and violent, got a, pull, got a bat in his hand or something, he's roaring everybody, send Mansfield in. Because Mansfield's not going to whoop him. Mansfield's going to go, hey, man, what's going on? And there's just something about the gentle voice and the, and the, and the soft answer turning away wrath. But you have to learn those things. Otherwise, you want to go beat this guy. Same thing is true of lust. You're suddenly uh, walking along in life, and all of a sudden, you just have this unbelievable draw to inappropriate sex or sexual stimulation. You have to see it as apart from you. You have to see it as separate from you. That's not who I am. That's not, that's not, that's not part of me. That's a thing that's coming against me. Do, do you follow what I mean? Um, that's very, very important. Begin to look at your thoughts and your feelings as though they are something that are offered to you with potential, as potential, but not automatic. Um, many, many people who get in trouble allow whatever they feel to become their reality. I walked in this morning. I was sad about something. I've had some, some friends die recently. I was sad about something, but I, you know, I thought, I, this is not going to be a day of depression. This is going to be a day of energy and serving the Lord, hanging with my friends, and uh, do, hopefully doing a good job teaching some folks and, uh, and glorifying Jesus. And, and I, I decided that was going to be my reality. And by an act of my will and by prayer, and by intercession, and by quoting the scriptures, and by just shifting and saying, those, those feelings and thoughts are not part of it. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm grieving the loss of my friends. I'm not denying the power and the importance of grief. But, but a depression that wants to build itself into my life on the basis of, of that grief, that's ungodly. So, so I've had a good and a happy and an energetic day. Why? Because I simply wasn't going to let that foreign object embed itself in my soul. So I've asked you to be thinking about what the foreign objects that are embedding in your soul, or lust, or drugs, or anger or depression or I'll never, I'll never have enough money or whatever, all the things that can come against us, my ungodly grief over departed one, all kinds of things, false doctrines, every kind of thing that can come against you. And the bottom line is this, the bottom line is this. In Ephesians 5, it tells us, this is the second big principle of this particular 15, and the bottom line is the Bible tells us that we need to be cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. Now, we can take, use a lot of different images, and there are a lot of images to use, but uh, one is uh, taking a shower on the inside. You have got words and images and movie scenes and jokes and things you've seen and done with people in your head. They're up there. And if they're not washed or at least dimmed by something more powerful, they're going to continue to have an impact on who you are. The Word of God is not, as we've said many, many times, and I urge you to watch the 15s that have to do with the power of the Word. Uh, but the Word of God, the Scriptures, are not just words like Shakespeare or, or a novel, okay? They are carriers of spiritual power. And part of the reason, I mean, Jesus said it, John 6, 63, the words I've given you are spirit and life. Part of the reason for that power in those words, many, many things, we can talk about a thousand different applications of that power, but one of them is to erase the images to dim the images, to dull and thwart the images and the thoughts and the words and the stupid phrases and the, and the curses that are in your mind that affect you. And that's why it says in Romans 12, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind. Be changed by your mind being replayed. Okay? Now, probably the best uh, information, best, best way to do this is... Uh, is to talk about a hard drive, okay? 
Um, I, well, let's, let, me, let me use a different illustration. Uh, my wife uh, got a new iPad. Believe me, whatever Mac makes that exists in the world, my wife will have five minutes later. And uh, she had, therefore, she had a, 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 the iPad 1, I believe it was. Well, I didn't have an iPad because, you know, I don't have that same addiction. And um, I'm just playing now. And, and so she, she let me have that one. Well, her stuff was on, all of her information was on that first iPad, okay? Well, as those of you who know anything about Macs, you know that all you have to do is go in, plug the thing into your iTunes, and what happens? All the stuff from the previous owner gets removed or, you know, copied over or gone. I can't see it anymore. And all my stuff gets put back on there. It's much better, by the way, than PC, I just have to say, because you just have to add everything on piece by piece. But that's my only technological commentary. So now, within a matter of five, ten minutes, this iPad that was Beverly's and had all of her stuff on there, I mean, everything, recipes and pictures of her nieces and their nephews and, you know, calendar and all the stuff that I, you know, I might need. But if I needed it, it's on my iPad. I plug it in. I type in a different name. And boom. Ten minutes later, it's Stephen's iPad. Now, that's what renewing the mind means. You've had the devil, if we can put it simplistically, you've had the flesh, the devil, and the world programming whatever kind of drive it is that's in an iPad. I don't fully understand it, but anyway, that magical thing on the inside of an iPad that makes it work. And now what God wants you to do is read the Word, memorize the Word, speak the Word, release the power of the Word, live in a world that is where you're being cleansed by the word and to a process a little slower than just reprogramming an iPad or you know taking over the new ownership of an iPad, the hard drive, the memory device of your body and your mind now has new information in it. And so now, rather than me thinking, anybody crosses me, I picture myself bashing their teeth in. Instead, I picture myself a peacemaker. Now, when I see a pretty woman on the street, now I can have my own battles with lust, all men do. When I see a pretty woman on the street, I don't think, huh, I need to go somewhere where I can revel in a bit more of that. No, I think, man, I'm glad I love my wife, and where is she? You know, when will we be back together? You know, because I'm a fulfilled man in a godly marriage that is that is full and sexual. I don't mind saying that on the air. That's that's part of the Christian life. And so that's that's how we respond to the stimulus that used to destroy us. Um, you begin to renew your mind, suddenly uh, you'll find that uh, changes take place in your desires. Yeah, you're going to eat. You may still enjoy eating, but you're not going to be given to gluttony. Uh, all of those kinds of things. Images that you used to sneak out to go see, now you realize, oh, God, that's got, a real, that's got an evil force behind it. And in the early days when you're doing this, and perhaps all throughout your life, you're going to have to have dialogues with things that you never used to talk to. I, I have literally, I know you're going to think I've lost my mind, but I have literally during some of the battles of my mind, been sitting, thinking, or reading, looking this way, and all of a sudden, it was almost like it was physical, coming from somewhere over here, came this thought that was so evil and disgusting, so much what I knew was coming from the kingdom of darkness, that I have turned literally to, into the direction of where that thought was in my brain, and said, in the name of Jesus, his word, and I would take off in whatever scripture, countered that thought or that force. Now, why do I do that? I do it because it's what Jesus taught us to do. If you go to Luke 4, you don't need to do it right now. Let me just describe it. Jesus is in the wilderness. He's being tempted. Uh, the devil's coming and tempting him and saying, you know, why don't you let me make you some bread? There's a whole box of Oreos over here. There's no reason for you to be hungry. You know, why, don't, why don't you let me give you all the kingdoms of the earth that were given to me? Why don't you let me, and you know, Jesus is out there starving and alone and I mean, wild animals are tending him for heaven's sakes. And, and so, 
every time Jesus backs the devil off, he does it with the word. It is written. It is written. It is written. The devil said, if, you're, if, you're, if you are the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. And then it says, I will give you all the authority of all the kingdoms of, of the world if you will just bow down and worship me. Jesus says it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Do you see what he's doing? Backing off the devil, backing off the devil, backing off the devil. I mean, there's a scripture and many scriptures for everything that you're dealing with. Now, those may be the ones you need to learn first. When I first became a Christian, I had to battle over lust. I had to battle over violence. Um, I, had, I had a serious spirit of rejection. I grew up in a very military, harsh, condemning, you know, you're an idiot, you're a fool, get away from me kind of thing. I could, I could make myself crazy feeling like people had rejected me. And I had to know the scriptures. You know, I'm included in the beloved. Uh, I love it. You know, if you want to have friends, be friendly. I mean, all these scriptures, you know, the love of God allowed to run its full course in my life as I obey the word. What was I doing? It's battling back. Now, what has to happen is you've got to have enough of a relationship with the Word of God that it goes into your mind. The power, those scrubbers in the Word go into your mind and begin to clean up the images and the curses and the stuff that you've believed. And once you do that, you'll begin to be sensitive to new thoughts that are not righteous. You start getting in the Word. You start memorizing the Word. Remember, remember Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. So you live your life in the Word. Memorize it. Study it. Uh, have a memory verse every day or every week if you, if you can. Uh, get it worked into your brain. Enjoy the stories. Enjoy the poetry. Enjoy the humor of some places of it. But get it circulating in your system. Quote stuff to you. Get a, get a, get a friend and have a scripture quoting contest at some fun level or something, you know. Um, get with your wife and memorize verses and say just one word back and forth. You know, this book of the law. It just sometimes it can just be a lot of fun. And what you're doing is you're releasing the life that's in the word. And this is, this is so critical because as you do that, you will be making yourself then more sensitive to the thoughts, feelings, impressions, the things that come against the mind. And you then understand that the Bible describes the word of God as a sword. So now you take off. You know, you, something comes at you, no, in the name of Jesus. My daughter had a car accident not too long ago. It was horrible. She was hanging upside down in an SUV by the time it was over. Um, and there were marvelous stories of her deliverance and of maybe motorcycle riding angels. I haven't decided yet quite what happened there. Um, well, then, uh, not long after she had to go drive, I got to tell you, I was tormented by fear that she was going to be killed again. I just could tell the enemy had it out for her. So I just went to my office, closed the door, and began to quote scriptures, began to pray. In the name of Jesus, a spirit of fear will not come upon me. God has given me a spirit of love and a power of sound mind and not a spirit of fear. I will not fear for her life. She's called. She's destined. Uh, I, I pray and I ask you, Lord God, to put a, put a peace over her mother and, and, and give us grace to pray and to stand and to and to intercede for her. She will take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of her. She will not be killed early. Her destiny will not be stolen because the Lord loves her and has made covenant with her. Do you see what I'm doing? I'm just taking the word. I'm busting through my own temptation to fear. I'm interceding for my daughter. That's the battle of the mind. And the garbage that comes to you in the night, the garbage that comes to you during the day, and the, the spiritual stuff that's attached to the words you hear, the images that you see, if you allow them to embed themselves in your mind unchecked, can destroy you. But if you'll let the Word of God live and dwell in you, you can use it not only to cleanse those images, but you can use it to speak those words as though they're a sword that you're taking off after the enemy to break those forces down. That's life, man. That's true life. He wants you to walk in it. And that is your 15th.